fantasy and some flights. Exploring the realms of beer, board games, books, and bourbon. So, welcome to another episode of the Fantasy and Some Flights podcast. I'm Nelson. And I'm Dalton. And we are here today to talk to you about a new rating system that we've come up with on how to make games more interesting and a, a better rating system than just the 1 to 10 that you see on like a Board Game Geek or pretty much any rating system out there. Yeah, it's basically so we can be more picky. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's like I can say I like this game, but I don't like this part about this game kind of thing. Exactly. And it kind of gives you a better overview of you know what do we like about the game and then it, it it's weighted we'll get into all of this later but first off dalton what are you drinking what's on your flight today i am drinking this is like my favorite just go-to sipping bourbon um so this is buffalo trace and i think a lot of people are like really familiar with this one but it's of all the ones that i've run into this is definitely like your biggest bang for your buck and so it just tastes it's just like it's a really good bourbon it's a little dry but it's it's perfect for like i, I find i can have it straight i can have it because it's like cheap enough i can like mix it into a manhattan or something like that um and i don't feel bad about that so this is like my go-to for like just bringing to a party if i'm bringing like one bottle i'll bring buffalo trace so yeah that's what i'm having today what about you so i uh i i went to this store here with dalton just just the other day and got a pick six and just i'm storing them in dalton's refrigerator for, <laughs> for these episodes but i i picked out of the six i picked out one that was not an ipa because i figured there's a lot of these episodes where I'll be drinking an IPA and <laughs> it is, should we say it's before noon? It's before noon. So <laughs> <laughs> Just starting out right. <laughs> yeah. But you know, we record when we can. So today I'm drinking the blue moon iced coffee blonde, which is something that, I mean, it's, it hasn't been out for very long. I think they put it on like November, but it's a, it's a blonde colored wheat ale which is like the exact opposite end of the spectrum, which I'm usually drinking, which is kind of fun. <laughs> but it has it has the coffee aroma. I'm a huge coffee drinker, probably way too much coffee. It, it a, pairs really nicely with your coffee over there. Yeah, I do have a cup nice. of coffee, and <laughs> I have my iced coffee blonde. It just works out, so. Yeah, yeah, it's a great, uh, <laughs> great before noon <laughs> sipping beer. Exactly, and it, it it is pretty sweet. It, I, I like it. I, I looked it up right before the episode, and they said that they're only doing it until July of this year, 2020. Okay. So I may have to go find some more of these. Yeah, it'll get you through the winter, and that's about it. Yeah, whenever I need a beer in the morning. So Yeah. <laughs> so what have you been playing recently? Have you tried any new games? Yes. I, li I live a, right outside of Indianapolis, and there is, there's a new board game coffee shop that opened up called hitherto you you go in you have your coffee but then they also have like a game library that you can try out and play different games there's also mm -hmm. a game store so i've been in there a couple of times and just the other day we bought wavelength which is the what's being online you know saying is the code names killer i i don't know if that's correct but <laughs> it does it does have some advantages over code names i believe it's it's a very quick back and forth you basically are given a a card that gives you two options so like hot and cold and then you spin this little dial and you have to give a clue to your team saying something between the hot and cold spectrum and then they have to move a little marker and try and guess where that where that falls in the spectrum then you reveal this i would say fairly overproduced yeah uh, <laughs> <laughs> they just spend money on the game somewhere yeah exactly <laughs> but i mean it we we got it and with with the roommates we played i think we bought it 
We played it at hitherto. Mm-hmm. We came home. We played it for like three more hours that day. Yeah. And I mean, I think we've almost gone through all of the cards. Yeah. Which is kind of fun, but we haven't gotten into the advanced cards yet. So yeah, that that's on. Yeah, it reminded me like, like the the regular cards and the advanced cards reminded me of like uh, of like Pictomania, how it like like kind of steps up in difficulty. But I played this game just yesterday with you for the first time, and I thought like I could see how people would make that argument if it like it can fill the it can definitely fill the gap in a party that you're looking for code names or something like that to fill um, my favorite part about it is like code names is really fun but it still takes me like five, i don't know five ten minutes to explain you explained that game to me in like 30 seconds and i had it and and the the best part is is that the way that it's set up it i mean it won't take you more than seven seconds to open the box mm-hmm. and i think the hardest part about setting up that game is the box the tolerances on the lid and the the, the bottom <laughs> it's very tight and it's very hard to get the top off i'm pretty sure that's probably <laughs> just my copy but that that is my main critique of the game so <laughs> yeah yeah after that it's really fun it's really <laughs> once good. you get it open you have a ton of fun yeah the, the one other thing that i wanted to talk about and i know that you you're doing something with it as well but we me and my wife decided to start a five by five challenge this oh, year yeah 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 and so for those of who you are who are not familiar with the five by five the five by five is a challenge where you pick five games and you want to try and play each one of those games five times throughout the year. So th- this is just, it's, it's going to be really fun because I have a problem, which is I just buy, buy, buy games. Yeah. And, you know, we play them once or twice and then they sit on the shelf and they look pretty. <laughs> the way we did it is there are five games. We picked Terraforming Mars because that's mine and my wife's favorite game. Yep. And we realized, you know, we're just going to do that. We just got the new Turmoil expansion. Yeah, I'm really excited to try that. I am excited to try that as well. It looks a lot better than I thought it was going to. So that's on there. Then me and my wife, we each got to pick two other games. So she, her her picks were Dominion because... Yeah, you I guys have don't a, break out Dominion. We enough. don't. I've yeah. played Dominion. I think I've said it before. i played Dominion so many times I don't like Dominion. Um, <laughs> I do love Dominion. And uh, what was her other pick? This isn't good. What were yours? So I, I picked Gaia Project. Yeah. I picked it because of I wanted to play it a lot more, but also the variable race powers. I think it'd be cool to explore a lot of that. So yeah, yeah. We, we, we have played Gaia Project once since we started this project, and she kicked my ass. Not fun. But anyways, and then the other one that I picked was Viticulture. Okay. There's a lot to that game that I just want to break down and figure out some more. And yeah. Did she pick Wingspan? No, she didn't pick Wingspan. I thought she was gonna Castles of Burgundy. I'm just naming ga- games. No, she, it, I know it's she something likes. with it's something with variable player pro- scythe. 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 Yeah, it was yeah. scythe. Yeah. So <laughs> you remembered it because you knew it was something with variable player. Yeah, <laughs> like, that's, that's what you knew about it. Yeah. <laughs> like it's not a two player game. We could play with like five. That's all yeah. I know. Yeah, our work group did the same thing, and it's really good for us because we have so many people contributing that we never, we like you said, we never get good at games. So this, it's an opportunity for us to get good at games, which I'm excited about. You're doing a five by five or a ten by five? We're doing a ten by five, but everyone in the group can contribute to it. So what like, I may to? not play all yeah. ten of them. Um, there's a there's like there's a couple on there that I haven't played. Viticulture made it onto ours. Also, Game of Thrones made it on. I was like campaigning for Game of Thrones. Like I was I was like going out and like buying votes for Game of Thrones. Like if you ever need another player, just hook, hit me up. I know. Right? Like, yeah, I'll throw I'll throw a, a vote onto Azul for you if you give me a Game of Thrones vote kind of thing. Um, so yeah, which is then, exactly how Game of Thrones is played. So. Exactly right. Yeah, that's You're just practicing. I'm just practicing exactly. Exactly, and a couple other um, that I'm excited. Uh, uh, Quacks of Quinlanburg, which I've played one time, and I, I usually don't like Pusher Lux, and but that one just like that tickles my fancy. I really like that game a lot. Okay, so we uh, we we've been talking about what we're playing, so we're gonna move into the segment of the podcast where Dalton is gonna ask me a question, where I do not know what the question is. I haven't had the time or energy to think of an answer yet, and Dalton has, so his answer is gonna be a lot better than mine. 
But Dalton, what's, <laughs> what's your question this week? All right, so I got a bit of a wonky one. You know how there are there's like a there's like a genre of like movies and books where like someone gets dropped into a video game. You know, so like I'm thinking of Ready Player One. Yeah, Ready Player One would be like an example. Um, oh, what's the what's the one anime that we Sword Art Online? Sword Art Online would be one. So if you were gonna be dropped like that into a board game, which board game would you pick? Azul stained glass of Sintra. I just really <laughs> like stained glass. No, <laughs> it's, just, it's actually my passion. <laughs> staining glass. This is my life. <laughs> I have actually not shared this part of my life with you, but I am an avid stained glass maker. <laughs> This is where my analysis paralysis kicks in. Cool. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and what's, what's interesting for me is like, is he going to pick a co-op or not? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like, you don't pick Eldrick or Arkham Horror. Right. <laughs> you die really quickly. <laughs> right. Not a dead of winter. Don't mm, necessarily yeah, want to live that one out. Nope. I feel like I'm already living in Monopoly. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> is that an NBA joke? No, that was the state of America joke. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Right. right, if it was an NBA joke, it would have been food game mag- <laughs> food chain magnet. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so not terraforming Mars because mm-hmm. I'm going to answer that for everyone. But okay. there's a new ge- new game out by Vitol Lacerda called On Mars, and it's about your corporation that is basically colonizing Mars. <laughs> <laughs> and so I think that w- that's the one I would pick. And it's not terraforming Mars. I just want to. <laughs> It would be cool to be in Terraforming Mars, but I don't want to use that answer every single time. So my answer is going to be On Mars by Vitol Lacerda. <laughs> Everyone knows I love Coca-Cola, so I'm not going to pick Coca-Cola. But you know what's really good is RC Cola. <laughs> Gotta love that RC Cola. <laughs> no, it'd be really fun to be on, like, you know, be the corporation. Like, maybe maybe not the astronaut who might die, you know, but the guy who, like, gets to throw around money and, and terraform the planet. That yeah. sounds kind of fun. <laughs> yeah, credit core. That's who I want to be. Exactly. <laughs> you just film the things that happen. Yeah, exactly. What about you? For me, I would pick... Um, have you played... Oh, shoot. I, I almost said Spirit Island. Spirit Island is the one where you're like the monster and you're... Yeah. Oh, that is the one I'm thinking of yeah. then, where you're the island, right? Yeah, and you're like... Yeah, that's what I want to be. I want to be the island. <laughs> I want to be like this god of an island yeah. that people like come in and they try to take over and you're like, no. And you like push them out with like large waves and, you know, wreak uh, just like... What are they called? Like natural, natural disasters. You know, bringing like bringing down lightning storms and firestorms. That's Sounds awesome. Fun. That's on my my list that I'm I'm looking to trade for. Because yeah. I'm al- I'm always looking for cooperative games that work well with two players. Yeah, yeah. Because that's my main player count. <laughs> and I've played that game like I don't know two or three times now, and I've enjoyed it a lot e- each time because it has like it has sort of a. a it's more of like a hand building, but a deck building aspect. The only thing about it is you have to watch a YouTube video in order to learn it because the rule book doesn't make any sense. <laughs> like once you know the game, you can like find what you're looking for in the rules kind of. But if you try and open up the rule book, you'll just like never play the game because you're like, I don't understand a minute, a bit of this. But And the one thing, so that that's a cooperative game. And the one thing that yep. the, the, the downside that a lot of people have with cooperative games is the alpha gamer where there's one person right. that takes over and just... You know, hey, you have to do this. This happens a lot in pandemic, I find. Yeah. And something that yeah, I even like Dead of Winter to some extent. Dead of Winter, yeah, because if you have an inexperienced player, typically they're gonna ask, Hey, what do I wanna do? Right. And it's so hard to be like, you know, well, here are your options, like things you can do. You know, you just wanna be like, I need you to do this thing. Which is something that you brought up and that I really enjoy is instead of saying, Hey, do this, just list out, hey, here are some of your options. And I think that's a really mm-hmm. good way. But you have to have someone that's not selfish to do that. Right. Yeah. 
but yeah, and you have to like be okay with losing, so you can't be a super competitive because like sometimes person's gonna make a wrong move, and you just gotta be like, I'm okay with that. But so Spirit Island, I've heard really combats that because your spirit, the thing that you're playing yes. as, is so complicated that you just can't. Yeah, you can't, <laughs> and like, um, and you have a, a hand of cards, and each card does something very specific and complicated and so someone have, would have to know your deck inside and out and they would have to know all the cards that you've added to your deck which you didn't start with and they would have to know like what you've already played you know so like i, I find like people when i've played that game have asked like can you do this type of thing because there might be something that like your deck is good at and they will ask you for that on a given turn like hey this would really help me out right now can you do this and people can be like uh yeah maybe you know maybe maybe not but that feels like the spirit of a co-op game like that part of it gets captured but because they can't look at your hand they can't like just out game you and tell you what to do this podcast is going to cost me so much money (laughs) (laughs) so let's go ahead and dive into the main topic of today's podcast which is the the system that we have created to rate board games that it's a little bit more descriptive than what your standard you know out of 10 the 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 system that we've come up with is the mech system which is an anagram i think is the right i think i buy it yeah cool okay so the anagram m stands for mechanics e stands for experience and c stands for components and so each one of these subcategories is broken out of an out of 10 and then you can depending on whoever is rating it rate or weight i'm sorry weight each one of those categories so there there are gamers out there where components are play a huge role in if they like the game or not and to me that personally that's not so yeah and there are players who like you know the experience is the only thing that matters and so they love betrayal at the house on the hill whereas mechanics is less important to them exactly so the, the way that i've broken it up is that mechanics gets a weight of 40%, experience gets a weight of 50%, and then components get a weight of 10%. So there are games out there like Terraforming Mars that have really bad components, right? So right. just but it's one of my favorite games and that that get that kind of gets shown in the it's only weighted 10% of the final overall rating. Right. So let, let's go ahead and just describe kind of like the three different categories and then sure. we're going to go in and try and fill in a little a little sheet on, you know, what has the best mechanics uh, experience right we're going to try and do some unique games yeah so like just starting with uh, mechanics especially since like this is this is such an important category to both of us we would kind of bound that around um, the rules and things that invoke interaction with the game uh, potentially or i guess really just things that bind interaction so it might be with the game it might be with the board might be with other players but you could mechanics are things that are external to themes so you you can point and say like this is a mechanic that i like and i see it you know repeated in these several different games and i happen to like all those games or i like how it was used in this game versus this game where i I liked it less kind of thing so we like a game would be rated highly if it was fair and balanced um unique mechanics would probably like up that the the line kind of blends for me between like the mechanics and the experience because typically yeah. when there are good mechanics i have a good experience with the game yeah but mechanics focuses heavily on the rules and i think that's the the thing that we have to wrap our heads around whereas right. experience is more like how you're feeling when you play the game or you're enjoying the game and i think mm-hmm. so that's true. we were playing the mind earlier and i think that's a great example to show something that has a very low mechanics but very high experience if you can think on that that kind of thought process and you know we'll probably flesh this out more as we learn more about it do you want to describe experience so like i was kind of saying experience is how you feel when you're playing the game you know how much fun you're having are you enjoying it um how immersive the game is and i think mechanics can kind of play into that because there are some games out there where mechanics just it doesn't make any sense why that mechanic is in the game it's not it kind of breaks the immersion of the game and there are some people out there that like to rp the games or role play the games where you know you are the spirit you want to act like the spirit like i've played games with with people who 
um, we're playing Game of Thrones and they're playing the Tyrells and they play as the Tyrells and spoiler alert, they don't win. <laughs> so, <laughs> so he didn't win. But um, I think replayability. Yeah, replayability uh, is a big one for yeah, me. Player interaction mm-hmm. kind of goes into the experience. Lower high. I mean, that's kind of your call. A yeah. lot of people like that um, multiplayer solitaire feel where I'm doing what I'm doing on my board. And then at the end of the game, we'll compare to see who did the best on their individual board. Yeah. Some people like that. I don't necessarily like that too much. I, I like some interaction. I don't like the take that mechanism. I don't necessarily yeah. like attacks. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I love playing Dominion when there's no attack cards on the board. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and, you know, downtime. So if it takes you 30 minutes to get back to your turn, that's going to lower the experience for me. I think ANA or Axis and Allies is yes. a good. Yeah. Like great mechanics. I really like I really like the experience, but where that experience grade drops for me is I can go and play another game and then come back and take Yeah, that's actually turn. the recommended way to play Axis and Allies. 100%. <laughs> set up a separate game that you can play on, on when it's not your turn. Yeah, in terms of the blending between mechanics and experience, you know, we're setting this up as a tool to be able to say, hey, I really like Axis and Allies and I respect, you know, for example, the, the mechanics and the components of it, um, but I'm not a big fan of like some of these experience markers. And it gives us kind of a better understanding of what we like in games and what might have made a game better for us. And so getting caught up in like a semantics of like, oh, well, I'm counting that in an experience category. I, like, I'm, and I think we're both kind of not really too worried about that, you know, just as long as like it gives you like the listener and us kind of the, the users like a, a, a tool to use um, to help provide a little bit of context when we're when we're talking about a game yeah and then and then the last part of the mech system is the components this is kind of the physical aspect of the game so art box feel the quality of the little chits or whatever you have inside right. the box right is there a box organizer <laughs> what, more, what more do you have for components i think components is the easiest one to kind of think about yeah probably i think just to add to that we threw theme in there theme would be like if you played castles of burgundy it's a game fantastic theme i yeah. mean <laughs> Top no, of not your and fantastic components. <laughs> no, it's not your liar. Um, <laughs> where it's like this is such a good game that could have been themed for anything, and they chose like French countryside in a way that like maybe if it had been done excellently could have worked. Right, like that works in some sense for like Carcassonne and like other games like it. But this also could have been like we joke about space stations of Maroon, right? Where this could have been like a space theme, and this game would have just felt more fun to play for whatever reason. And I I, I do think that the newer you are into the hobby, the higher you're going to rate components. Yeah. So. When I first started out, components, mainly the theme, is I don't necessarily want to trade spices in the Mediterranean, right? Right. And now I'm just like, okay, what are the mechanics? Let's go. Let's play. Yeah. Wait, what is the theme of this game? Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's almost like it's it's similar to um to how like when you try to describe The Office to someone as like your favorite all-time TV show, and you like start describing it, and you're like, man, this show sounds awful, <laughs> you know? And then you have to be like, no, just, just but just trust me. It's really good, you yeah. know? It's and like that with like Splendor or like something like that. Exactly. I uh so I actually just bought or pre ordered eighteen Chesapeake. And so <laughs> so I, I've been going down this rabbit hole of okay, I need to I, I'm ready for that next step in the relationship between me and my board games. <laughs> You're ready to commit. <laughs> I I'm ready to commit to an eighteen XX game and then but I like you know, you, you can jump head first into the cold swimming pool or you can climb in through the the little ladder and this is climbing in through the little ladder right okay. so there it, it's it's supposed to be like from what i understand is it's a it's a simplified version of the atnxx but like if you try and explain that to a new player it's like okay okay hear me out you're gonna buy and own railroad companies <laughs> yeah no no, no. 
Why why are you leaving? Like, yeah. <laughs> I feel like your eyes are glazed. Railroad companies. Yeah. <laughs> and you, you oh wait, no, hold on. No. Did, did I tell you that you get to manipulate the stock price? <laughs> <laughs> How fun. <laughs> I mean, for for someone who you're trying to get in and play a new game, that doesn't necessarily work for them. But, you know, an experienced gamer, someone who, you know, it, it makes it more thinky. And then, so themes, theme, I think, is more of an afterthought for a lot of uh, heavier games. Yeah, and that's probably reflected how we both, like, have components on the whole rated rated fairly low. Although, you have 10%. I have 20%. I do like a game that's, like, at least constructed well. <laughs> like, I don't like the cards to fall apart in my hands. <laughs> and that's fair. I Yeah, so components is also the last one. So I, I went in and... You know, mechanics. I was like, ooh, that's about 40%. Experience, that's like 50. And then I was like, oh, that's 10% left. Yeah, over. math, cool. math, math. Can I get 30% to put? No, I'm not allowed to do that. Yeah. So we just noted that, you know, you're at 20% components. Uh, do you want to go ahead and give your listing, your weighting on how you do that? Yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm pretty similar on 30% mechanics and 50% experience. And this is kind of like a starting point. Like, I'm kind of curious to see, like, as we, you know, as I go through and like rate games in the three categories and then use that weighted average to get the overall rating of the game, like, am I counting out? about where I think I would rate the game if I had just given it a flat one to 10 instead of using like a mech rating. So that's, that's kind of where I'm starting. Um, but I find like, I have found games that have beautiful mechanics, like beautiful components. And then like, I, I don't know, for whatever reason, like I don't like the player interaction or something like that. And I play it once and never again. Um, so that's why I think the experience category carries so much weight for me. So we have we have the the three categories: mechanics, experience, components. And I feel like I'm repeating myself a lot, but that's just mainly because when I'm listening to a podcast, I forget what people have said 15 seconds ago. <laughs> so each one of these components are rated out, are, are weighted on a one to ten, and then they're weighted. So just to kind of give an idea, we we did a quick review of Wingspan. So Wingspan is a game where you're playing the role of a bird watcher and you get to look at all of these really awesome birds that each come in and have different actions that, you know, take effect when you take one of the main actions on the board. And Mm -hmm. Dalton's uh, mech rating, so for mechanics, he gave it a 7.5. For his experience, he gave it a 6. And then the components, he gave it a 9. And I think that's mainly the dice tower. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. It's the it's the dice tower and bird facts, right? Like, the, oh, bird facts. Yeah, every card has individual art and an individual like bird fact. Like that's you can't get better than that. Individual art is enormous when it comes to components. Yeah. right. For me, and, and then you got that that game takes about three times longer than I think it's supposed to because one of our rules is you have to read out the bird fact when you're playing it. Yep. But because so the seven point five, the six, and the nine for mechanics, experience, components. Yeah. Weighted. It gives him a, an average score of a six point nine. Nice. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it was deliberate. It was deliberate. And and so and so I think that's th- actually probably pretty like fair because I was I was just a second ago trying to think of a game that I rate highly in mechanics and highly in components, but like low in experience. And I think Wingspan actually does a really good job of that for me, where it's like it's still a six. Like it it, w- it would be in the average category of experience for me. Um, but I do like more player interaction than wingspan provides i think there's essentially zero except for the fact that like sometimes things happen on another player's turn but there's not really like i don't really have to care what my opponents are doing if i don't want to right we need to play more wingspan okay because i i I felt the same way when i first started playing it but then once i started playing it more and and it's it's one of those games where i can describe to you that i'm getting better i don't know why i'm getting better but it's just like one of those where i'm i my our scores consistently are rising and i don't know why is it like like when you think there's more player interaction as you play, is it coming out of like hate drafting or something like that? Like you're watching what people need. There's that. Then there's also there are some of the birds that you know 
if this player does this on their turn, then it acts. Oh, okay. Yeah. The other thing I'm looking for is there's the new European expansion or new in quotations. Like it would it would be new to us. Yeah. By the time this airs, it won't be new at all. But uh, <laughs> but so that I've I've heard that that increases the player interaction in the game. Okay. It also adds purple eggs. So oh, there I mean, we go. Yeah. It's it's a must buy expansion. Yeah. Mind. I was really missing that from my you know array of pastel colors yeah and so just to i don't think you're supposed to date these podcasts but just to date the podcast <laughs> with the uh i think like two days ago they just announced another expansion for wingspan oh, for cool. the oceania birds oh nice so, well, so that'll be, be beautiful that'll be yeah. really fun to see it's kind of fun we we have roommates living with us right now and they, they're not heavy gamers but right. this is his favorite game he loves this game oh i didn't and, realize that. Yeah. switched from carcassonne yeah so i mean we played the shit out of Carcassonne <laughs> because that's what we could get them to play and now yeah. it's Wingspan and it, it it's good so to kind of contrast Dalton's rating I rated this a little bit a couple, couple of weeks ago and I think my experience rating would go up but my mechanic rating is a 7 my experience rating is a 7 and my components rating is an 8.5 so my weighted score would be 7.2 it kind of gives you an idea of um, how we would rate this game I'm a 7.2 where Dalton's a 6.9 yeah and I think like Talking about that gives me or gives a little bit of context to like when I think of a 10 point scale system, I hear people all the time, especially in like I've been hearing it a lot in board game podcasts. I've been listening to a lot of board game podcasts, but anytime you have to do a like a a 10 point scale, it's really easy to like weight things higher because we want to be nice. Some of that is probably legitimately due to like we play the good games, right? So like your ratings are going to be higher. But I think we generally think of like one to one to two as like sort of a sort of a a bad or failing category and and so that would be something that has just like totally missed right it wouldn't quite be like Candyland, which is like not a game but like slightly above Candyland, like that would be in like a one two are you talking shit about Candyland? i am talking shit about Candyland. <laughs> i'll do it all day <laughs> i don't care how many tournaments you've been in we're losing uh, listeners by the second <laughs> <laughs> three to four would be like bad but like maybe has like some things that work and some things that it missed on and just overall you don't feel good about it five six is average so when i place like an experience of of wingspan in the five six it's like i'm I'm thinking this is in the average realm i'm giving it you know a six to give like a little bit of i guess context to how much in the average realm i think it is but in the average seven to eight is like this has successes but isn't perfect and the nine ten would be like perfect and so it helps me at least when i'm doing these to think of like those five brackets of like the one two then the three four then the five six and so on um, and then when you're deciding, like, sort of, you can decide what bracket it is in, and then you can give like context with the actual number when you place it. Yeah. So, so those are the f- the five categories, and so the 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 remainder of this podcast, we're gonna go and try and fill in this grid. So it, you know, it's a five by three grid, and so the one two, what's the the worst mechanics you can think of, and what's the best mechanics, and we're just gonna try and fill in this chart with some games yeah and we have not talked about this so no, probably a lot know. of this will be cut out because we'll probably just be rambling for <laughs> forever but I, I do think that this is going to be kind of fun I do, be- I do too let's just start like i don't know just pick a pick a spot and see what sticks i, I would say so like either if you have maybe have a game in mind that you think like you want to throw in a specific category you want to try and find something for like the average of what experiences or whatever the thing that you know i've been thinking about and dreaming on dream about the podcast the, the word oh all the time the the, <laughs> the worst mechanics that i can think of mm-hmm. would be so like in the one to two category would be right. like the candy the candy land yeah or the shoots and ladders type Okay. You can't see me, but I'm doing quotations in the air game um, <laughs> <laughs> where, I mean, there, there are no player. There's no decisions. There's nothing going on. You're right. rolling a dice. You're flipping a card and then you're progressing to the next color. Or you're moving that many spots on the map. I mean, you can sit down and you can write 
right? You know, life uh, is in there. Life is in there. Mm-hmm. And so, well, okay, you have to make sure, you have to check to see if you're going to go to college or not. That's true. That, that's, that's true. That's the decision, decision point. I think for me, I would throw like, and I said I wouldn't get into semantics and so I'm going to break it on the first turn, but like where you, you know, you get into like, is that actually a game by like my, you know, uh, by our standards, but like you can make an argument. It has a board that like the board is relevant, you know, like um, it has components and it has a rule book. And so like, okay, maybe that's a game. Maybe that's It's fine. in the game section of target. It's in the, <laughs> yeah. And target the all seer <laughs> target who, who tells us what is a game and what is not. But I think I would like, I would say that's probably fine. I'd throw that in like the 0. 0.5 or something like that category. And I would probably include things like monopoly is like, okay, there are decisions that are made in monopoly, but there are also just like mechanics that don't really work. Right. I think also the, uh, the classic war, like the card game war? Yeah, the card game <laughs> war. <laughs> Mindless, just let's flip up cards and see what pops. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. Okay, so what is one step up from that? And I think, you know, I think it's going to be really easy to find the really bad and then the really good. And yeah. so there's going to be some fluff in here in, in the middle. The, yeah. The, the three to eight range that yeah i think we may have to like fill some things out and then like come back to okay. like the yeah, yeah let's do that you know? do you want to do bad yeah, experiences or great mechanics or i think you pick the I think next I, one only because i have a three four in mind for mechanics oh, i want to hit it. on mechanics so this is what i where i would put study in emerald this is where I, so study in emerald has like it has some it has this concept of like okay there's two teams like warring against each other and like the winner will be from like whichever team wins and then whichever player does best within that team. And then there's something like the lowest person who scores their team can't win. It Yeah, yeah, there's like some and so like that as a concept, I think is I think a lot of games should pick that up because as, as like an archetype, that is like some really that's that's a pretty that's a pretty fun, I guess, structure for a game. So that part of it works, which is why it's like not in like the one two. Um, but then after that, I, I find personally that it just kind of like falls apart. Maybe it's, maybe I only gave it like the one try, so maybe I should try it again. But there's like and some of this will like transition into like components and stuff too. But like there's these like mechanics, these things that happen in the game where you don't understand. Like zombies are all of a sudden in it. You know, like, I didn't know that there were like zombies in this game. You know, and so like things like that where you're like, okay, I can I can no longer predict the game. I no longer feel like some of my decisions are actually like having an impact on it you know because like there's like just a little bit too much randomness um so that's that's where i think it lands we need to get off of study in emerald that had a horrible experience and i'm getting upset now <laughs> take a sip of your beer okay oh, 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 okay so we're back so i actually so the the three to four i i'm, I'm thinking and uh-huh. i may get in trouble Catan. Ooh. Wait, like, for, for, for mechanics or for something else? Mechanics. Okay. So maybe a five or six, but literally you're rolling the dice. There's a little bit more. I, I think this would be like a four. It may be in the five or six. What, what are you okay. thinking? Just like that it, it's trading, but like there's really not much to that. Game. And I'm talking base Catan, not expansions. Yeah. Yeah. Base Catan. Not, I think I think it would land five, six for me. We're just like only because like the the idea of like, okay, randomly getting resources and like you have to like play with probability but you can't that doesn't necessarily mean you're always going to win right like the best player of Catan won't technically always win um so it would be like a lower strategy game but the the idea is really cool but then you could get into these like situations where everyone rolls like sevens for like six rounds and you're like okay now nobody can buy anything like this is no longer fun you know i i enjoy Catan as a party game but i enjoy Catan for what it has done for the board game industry oh for sure thank you Catan slash ticket to ride so how about three and four for mechanics as like an elder core? Like you would put that in three, four for mechanics? Three, four, five, six. I mean, it, huh. it is like a, probably a five, six. I would okay. go five, six for yeah, that. Because I, I, I mean, you you take two actions, you move, and then you read a card and you make a decision. And that, that has a 
much higher experience for me. And and that's the beauty of this system is that you can rate it lower on mechanics and then it would be probably a higher experience and components. And a higher component. For me, I think Eldritch Horror would probably be like in the 7-8 category for components where I don't think it's perfect. Some of that's because it's Fantasy Flight Center doesn't have an organizer. But <laughs> but it has like it has like those uh, encounter cards, right? Which is like such a... It, what, who else does it? Uh, Dead of Winter does like the similar thing, right? Where you're like, okay, I don't really know what is going to come up. And like that's a really like that's thematic and it's really fun and it like the immersion in Eldritch Horror is almost I think perfectly done. So Eldritch Horror is like a really fun cooperative game where you are fighting Lovecraftian horrors kind of thing. They're like popping up around the board and you as a team are trying to like run around and like put them out. I don't I don't know if it can be done a lot better but there are some things like I, like I said there's probably not enough encounters. There's probably it doesn't have the box organizer. Um, like I'm, I'm finding that like I actually probably just wouldn't put something in 910 if it didn't have an organizer. That's fair. So we got Candyland as a one two a study in emerald as a three four and then the katan elder core is in five six do we want to keep going down the mechanics jeopardy style just you know straight down straight down straight keep, down the column keep us going alex yeah <laughs> okay so for for a seven eight for the mechanics so this is something that it, it may be easier to think of a nine ten Let, let's let's figure okay, out yeah. what, what, what's their best what's, yeah, what's the, the best, ideal what's the ideal mechanics gaia project absolutely gaia terra mystica yeah i i think gaia would be the 10 terra mystica would be the nine yeah 9. probably 5. Probably. Uh, yep. I think I think those land in like the nine ten where it's just like, okay, this has several facets of the game that I can explore. I can ignore parts of it, but I can explore other parts of it. And I'm finding depth and strategy. I'm finding things that are interesting. I'm finding things where I'm like, why aren't more games doing this, right? So yeah, absolutely in like the nine ten. I think Terraforming Mars is probably the other one that comes to mind there. Yeah, I, I agree. I of course Terraforming Mars is the perfect game, so <laughs> I'm trying to think of a um we, we tend to both of us tend to trend towards complicated meaning good which is not not true in board games but it's just kind of true for our style and like that's that's fine right you just got to like kind of know about your that about yourself so what 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 sandwich so the sandwich is the katan elder core at the five six and the guy and the terra mystica at the nine ten so what what is that seven to eight range of mechanics for for us so i think you know wingspan fell in there that's what we rated it yeah it was around that yeah yeah that's good to include king domino for me Oh, that lands in like seven, eight. That I think that's one of the uh, the simpler, higher mechanic games. Yeah, yeah, that's probably true. But what about between two cities? Where would you put that on mechanics? It's very unique. Yeah, it I, is. It has I, a ton I do of like uniqueness. That. I, I think I would give that a seven. Okay. So yeah, we'll we'll throw that in there, the between two cities. And so <laughs> I, I'm not actually sure how large of a game how, or how well of a known this game is, but it for for those of you that don't know, it's a drafting game where you're building two cities. And you're building a city with the player on your right, and a, you're building a city with the player on your left, and you have to work with them. And then your final score is the lowest scoring of those two cities. So it, it right. introduces this like, oh, you cannot just like tank one city, and, and make this city, you know, the the best city ever to live in. And so it it, it it's kind of fun. It, it's, yeah. it's really it's really interesting. And yeah. You have to build this like five or four by four city, and it's just yeah. I see. I I think if you place it, I think I would actually put it at like a nine i think it does between two cities does get to that category for me because of like you said the uniqueness um where it has this okay how am i like influencing both of my like partners i mean the actual like scoring of it is would you call it like a tableau it's it's where you're like you know you're scored they, in the they, color red for a certain They amount. basically took every type of scoring and put it into that game yeah they did so you know there's set collection there's um placement right uh scoring there's yeah. there, it, it it it's complicated it, enough to give you to like make you think 
but simple enough to where you can explain it to somebody. And I think one thing I really like about that game is that you can alternate ex- experienced and non-experienced players and have a really good game because everyone, it kind of like evens everyone out because two people have to build the city together. The other thing that I really like about Between Two Cities, and we were talking a lot about Between Two Cities, but <laughs> <laughs> is, is it's very quick. And it's one of these games where it's like, okay, it's it's a semi-cooperative game where you're working with another person. And if you do that alternating, you know, experienced player, non-experienced player, then... Yep. You can literally tell them, hey, this is the overview of the game. We're going to play a game, and you're going to understand it in 20 minutes when we're done with this game. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And And then we can play again, and and you'll have fun. You sit down and play it again. But Stonemaier Games put out Between Two Cities, which they're the same people who did like Scythe, Viticulture, Mm -hmm. Tapestry, all all of these big name games. And then they just did a a rebrand of Between Two Cities as Between Two Castles of Mad King Lookwood. (laughs) Some title that's way too long. Yeah. Okay, so... We we filled out the mechanics. I'm I can reread them to the entire listener, but then you know we're just naming things at that point. But we will publish <laughs> this chart out, and we want you to come in and say like, okay, no, I make an argument for you know is you know Gaia Project not a ten? Is it is it more of a seven? Like mm-hmm. make make send us those arguments. Reach out to us on social media. Why don't you, why don't we go um like top down for experience? Let's start Let's at the it. top top of what would be some of your highest experience games. Oh, uh, starting at like the nine ten. Yeah. No, no. So Game of Thrones. Mm, um, okay. I, I I just love that slog, and and you cannot win that game without making alliances and right. breaking alliances, right. which I think is really adds to the experience. That is, pers that's a personal rating for me. Yeah. Because there are people like my wife, for instance, hates that game. Right. right. So she's gonna rate that as a one to two. Right. <laughs> This is barely a game. Yeah. It does really good on downtime, obviously, because like things are kind of happening simultaneously, right? You all like place your orders at the same time and you resolve them in an order, but like it's fast enough to where like you don't feel like you have a lot of downtime, a lot of group decisions being made. Yeah. yeah. A lot of replayability since there's now seven different factions that you can try. What what about you? What what's your nine ten? My nine ten see, there's a part of me that really wants to put Twilight Imperium in there, but I think it, it think I, I think Twilight Imperium is probably seven eight based on downtime more than anything else. But because like it has so many like races to play and stuff, that kind of drags it up. So I think I'm I'm trying to like temper myself and, and place it there. Um, I think if I'm gonna rate experience based on just like how much table time a game has, then Codenames would absolutely win out. Yeah. I think Codenames has like, it must be a 10, like for me, maybe it's, but I think it's, I think it's a 10 in terms of experience. Cause it like just, you can, again, you can teach it in that like 10, 15 minutes and then you can play. And I feel like every time I play, that's another one where you like learn. And as soon as we like finish the game, everyone's like, set it up, you know, like flip those 25 cards. We're playing (laughs) it back, run it back, you know, and everyone wants to try being like the clue giver. And so like, yeah, I think, I think that's probably in the top category. No. And I, I think that's a, that's a great pick for that nine ten, that's mm-hmm. God. I love code names. Yeah. <laughs> so the basically, I ran the numbers on the the probability. You're more likely to win the lottery like twelve times than setting up the same game of code names. Yeah. Ever. That's a good point. Yeah. So, replayability. Yeah, yeah. It definitely checks that box. I probably butchered that, but you know, it's who's gonna <laughs> who's gonna check the math? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. People are probably listening on the internet, and everything you hear on the internet is true. That is very true. <laughs> okay, so so you have Twilight Imperium and the seven eight for experience. I would put seven wonders. Um, okay, I, I, I enjoy. Is, is it wonders. just because the number seven is there? Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. That, it gets a seven in every category. I'm a simple man, man. Yeah. <laughs> so seven wonders is there. It's it's one of these drafting games. It has you know a couple of unique me- or actually very unique mechanics for the time it was put out. Yeah, but then. I, I do really like that game, and I think I like that game a lot. I think it has a higher experience rating for me because of how much newer players like that game. 
Yeah. Um, and so, so that's always fun. Like, you know, I've, I've introduced a couple of people to that game and, you know, they always want to play again, which, which sure I'll play again. Right. But, but I think that weights it a little bit heavier for me on the experience just because of, I've seen how people react to that game and how people interact with that game and mm-hmm. they keep wanting to play it again. Yeah. I've yeah. played a lot of seven wonders. A lot of seven uh, my wonders. brother, I think I was telling you, my brother's logged hundreds of games of seven wonders yeah and that that was just the game that they played in college so we we have a we have a lot of experience with seven wonders yeah yeah another like um word we were using to describe experience was like memorable you know so like it's it's that category where you like you play a game and you're like thinking about um when you like as a player like look back on like game nights like what game pops out to you as like oh i remember having these great experiences like playing this game you know resistance can like fall into that category for me yeah. Um, I don't like, I don't know if I've actually played like some of those, um, like social deduction games enough to like for, for them to fall in here. But I think those would typically, if it's good, like typically rate really highly in the experience category. Absolutely. I, I think the resistance, uh, one night ultimate werewolf, those kind of things, because one of the cool things about those games, is how they're so simple. And so resistance, like you, you're divided up into two teams and you're trying to figure out who the bad guys are. And you're figuring that out by, you know, sending multiple people on a different mission and yeah. then just a social deduction game. But what's really interesting that, you know, I we haven't necessarily experienced because we don't play a lot of social deduction games. But something that we've heard a lot is that you build a meta inside your group, which, yeah. which I think just adds to the experience. If, if there's a set meta like you were talking about with Twilight Imperium, right, where there's a guy who will never break a deal with you right because that's the meta that's been set okay yeah so let's move on to the five six category this is where the lines start to get a little blurred for me where you know in the 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 four to seven for me would be i I think kind of skewed for each time i play the game so like i've had really good games that you know i think are higher and then the next time i play it i think it's a lower game just because of the way that the game unfolded for me but do you have any ideas for like the five six range yeah i think i like things that land in five six would be anything where someone like tells me like hey i want to play this game and it's like a game i've played before and i'd be like okay like i'm not gonna like fight you on that but like it doesn't come off the shelf for me so like photosynthesis falls in that category for me as like a that's a fine game i enjoyed it but like it just wouldn't be like we need to play more photosynthesis, you know. And so, just to give some context, photosynthesis is a pretty simple game where basically you're competing for sunlight. Like you're you're, pl- you're placing trees around the board, and the sun has kind of this cool like rotating mechanic, and you fight for sunlight as like your victory points. I'm really glad that you explained that because it popped into my head, and that would be pandemic for me. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I I I really like pandemic. Do not use it as I did in college to study for geography <laughs> tests. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you won't learn the locations of capitals and no, cities using. Uh, I tried, did not work. There's little lines that tell you where the actual city is. It's yeah. not where the name is yeah, or where I, the dot is. So I think uh, pandemic because I will never say no to playing pandemic, but I'm always going to choose a game over pandemic. Right. Yeah, for sure. And then like if you like continue that trend into like three, four, it's like this is a game I played once and like I probably wouldn't enjoy playing again. But if there's like a there's a group that's like we all want to do this, like okay, I will. Ticket to Ride is there for me. Probably Star Realms is there for me. I don't have like a lot of um, fun with Star Realms personally, so like that falls there. I really like Star Realms, so Star, <laughs> Realms, Star, Star Realms for me is going to be a little bit higher on the experience track. But so Star Realms is a is a two player deck building game where you're you're going against an opponent buying a bunch of different ships that do 
you know, they heal, they do damage to your opponents, and your the goal is to get your opponent's life down to zero. But no, I, I see what you're saying, and that that's what's really cool about the system is that we can have differing opinions. Yeah. And so, you know, the three four for Star Realms that Dalton's putting could be a seven for me, but then that all gets weighted, and all of these games are you know a personalized rating. So yeah, you come out, you see a seven point two. There are people out there that have a ten for Wingspan. Yeah. And, and that's just a personal preference, which is right. just kind of cool to see. I would say like. Apples to apples. Um, okay. Cards sure. Against Humanity. Sure. I, I liked it the first couple times I played it. Right. And, and now it's kind of like a, let's play code names. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I just have like other party games that yeah. I like more. And, and I I don't know. I, I wouldn't say no, but it, it's not getting my vote. I'm going to struggle to come up with an actual like awful experience. One, this is a one, a study two, one. Okay. <laughs> you don't. <laughs> But we are trying to do different games, so let's let's cut a study for Emerald. Yeah. Because there are a lot of people who actually like that game. I posed that question on Reddit a couple of weeks ago, and people were like, no, this is a great game. I was like, okay, well, maybe maybe I'm wrong. Yeah. <laughs> um, doesn't happen often, but it's been known to happen every once in a while. Right. I would put probably, like, Machi Koro. Have you ever played Machi Koro? I have not played Machi Koro. So Machi Koro has, like, and, and I'm going to get a little bit into, like, mechanics here. It has this, like this thing where you roll one die and it has almost like a katana mechanic to where like the result of that die determines like what around the board activates so there's like you know different like basically buildings that you can have that will activate if you if someone on the board rolls like a four or whatever and then there's a mechanic where you can buy a second die and that opens up all of the game or all of the buildings that are above six right so it opens up like the seven eight nine ten whatever but the thing that happens is it like screws your probability then right because like now you're more likely to roll like five six seven eight nine than you are like the one so everyone's like one buildings become like just like totally useless so it's like it was a cool idea but when you like play the game just like doesn't really work for me and it does like the Catan thing where you can get shut out of like resources and other people are able to buy stuff and you can't but it doesn't have the Catan ability to like trade those resources away and like fix that disparity um, which is like what makes Catan such a like fun game, right? Is like it's that you're drinking and trading. <laughs> like at least I I'm always drinking when I play Catan, so I can get. You're always it. drinking. Yeah, always drinking. Um, but you can't do that in Machi Koro, so like you just get like shut out. And it's like that's a game where like if I played it once, and then if like somebody brought up like, hey, let's play this game, I'd be like, I'd probably rather not play that game. For me, that that you know that would be the Monopoly. Okay, we're, yeah, we're sure. gonna go back to that Monopoly checkers. Yeah quote-unquote games yeah I, I don't know checkers is a game what, how, what what else do you do at cracker barrel the the little triangle thing where you're trying to hop oh, the, okay yeah, yeah, a little yeah. peg game whatever yeah. it's called yeah okay yeah. that's fair that's fair all right checkers can be one too <laughs> <laughs> yeah i don't know i just don't like monopoly yeah yeah and that's fine like i'm not too worried about like what constitutes a one two in experience because i'm probably never going to play those games again if i can avoid it but if someone like told me this game is in one two for me i would probably actively avoid it if yeah. i respected their opinion <laughs> If that's a big if, but yeah, but yeah, and and again, there are people out there that love Monopoly, so this, this is just for us. But mm-hmm. okay, so so we we've done the mechanics and the experience, so let's let's hop on over to the the components. Yeah, do you want to go good to bad, bad to good? Let's go uh, bad to good. Let's bad go to bad. good. Yeah, let's yeah. go back to good. Okay, what's the one two? The mind. The mind is a really good, just poorly done components. It has a theme, I think. I saw it. Yeah. somewhere yeah I, there's like rabbits, rabbits. <laughs> yeah, and you're trying to get in each other's mind or something yeah i don't know you're, you're supposed to be psychic i right all i know is that the mind i love that game it's a very fun game to play mm-hmm. like we i mean we'll sit down i think what was i started this new board not new new to me board game app tracking thing and we've already played like right 
two hours of the mine in the first like two weeks of the year. So right, I mean, uh, right, a ton of it, re- extremely high experience. But like, I think any game that will have like the mechanic where you're like, uh, like Gloomhaven does this, where you're like, or even Elder Torah does this, where you're adding damage counters, and the mine does that, where you're like adding cards, and it's like. This could be this could be a counter. This could be a track. This could be a we use dice instead because it's like I'm I'm just not gonna put like six cards down. That's too much. You know, it's just a it's a poor mechanic or not a poor mechanic. That's a different category. It's a poor component in my mind. It just aggravates me. Yeah. What What about you? So I I threw the mind out there for the one two. Is there anything that you can think of? I mean, um, like I from what I hear, any eighteen xx kind of falls into this where it's you know paper right. money like just yeah. The, you know the high high mechanics high experience but then like the 18xx like the bragging rights of the 18xx is like hey we got shit components like, yeah great <laughs> gameplay so <laughs> so if you don't like components come to us yeah and, and some some i think you know 18xx is starting to see this revival um and i think 2020 is going to be a year for that where you know we, we see uh a couple of 18x games come back but you see like age of steam has some some mm-hmm. cool mechanic or not mechanics. I'm sorry, components coming in and out, mm-hmm. and so I, I think it, it, it's trending more towards like a Euro style of yeah uh, uh, components. So the the old style 18xx I think could fall in this one too. But okay, yeah, fair um, enough. I've yeah, also never touched one. Okay, so three to four. This, what do you got? Anything for three to four? Because I do. Yeah, do you? Yeah. I think. Um, well, no, that's more of a. Five. I was gonna throw splendor in there for one. I've already kind of used that, but I think it's probably more of a five six. But the the thing I was gonna comment on is that if if there is an opportunity for individualization on like a card or a or a tile or something like that, and that's not taken, that annoys me a lot. And splendor kind of does that where it has like it, it'll have all of these artists on like the level two, and you can look at him and be like, I, like there's like three of pictures of this guy, you know, like why, why isn't each card individual? You had the opportunity to do that and you just like didn't, but I think Splinter would be probably five, six, three, four, maybe Catan. Yeah. That, that's a good one. Yeah. I, I think Catan because you know, we're also tying in theme to this and I cannot tell you what Catan's theme is. Yeah. Yeah. You're on an Island and you like do stuff. Yeah. That, that's about it. So hot take my, my three to four is terraforming Mars for mm. uh, actually no, because we're doing theme shit. Yeah, Never I, mind. it throws a wrench in it that Never you mind. threw theme in there, doesn't it? If you're looking at straight components, Terraforming Mars, I have 3D printed all of these and I haven't gotten to play with them, but every single card I've 3D printed a unique little like oh, structure yeah, yeah. and everything, so I'm, I'm really yeah. excited to do that. But okay, yeah. never mind, that that doesn't work. Uh, Castles of Burgundy, we talked about that earlier. That, that, that falls Such into 3, 4. Such a great theme. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> Like I, nothing really gets me going. Like building an estate and rural friends. I just like, oh man, <laughs> you do this every time. But yeah. like, there's also like there's opportunity for like for the individual like little chits that you get to be customized or to like look nice in any way, and they just kind of don't. Again, problems with box organization. Oh, the board God, itself so doesn't like look very nice. So yeah. just like opportunities for improvement there. Significant opportunities for improvement. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so <laughs> I feel like if I say opportunities for improvement, I'm a critic instead of just like bitching about something. Yeah, you know what I mean. And, so. and that, that's what they tell you to say at work. It's like we don't have problems; we have opportunities. Right. And, exactly. And that's like okay, so that's how we're going to. Every time I've school. got an opportunity at work, it's been a problem. Yeah, I've I've never had. Hey, we got an opportunity for you. That's never a good thing. Never a good thing. <laughs> Okay, so that that brings us to our next category, which is kind of like the five six area on the components. Which for you, you mentioned Splendor was a little bit. Yeah, yeah, because it does have like okay, the the gems could have been like anything they chose to make it like a hard plastic piece. Like that's kind of nice, you know. Could have been metal, but like no one's really doing metal anymore. Like that's like expensive. The upper echelon. Yeah, it's expensive. It's in the upper echelon mostly. That's the uh, Kickstarter exclusive right there. Right, exactly. So the one the the thing that I just like 
irks me about Splendor is that, like, I don't know if you've seen the picture where they take all the components of Splendor and put it in, like, an eighth of the box. Yeah. Where they just literally just built that box. And so one of, one of the things that I've seen online, so I, I do a lot of 3D printing. And okay. I, do, I do a lot of, like, 3D printings of, like, organizers. But there's a Splendor organizer that, I mean, it's a four by three thing that you just print and splendor just fits in this little <laughs> tiny box and you're just like yeah it, it makes just, sense to stack of cards and like what 20 coins yeah, or whatever it, it is. it's yeah. nothing but then they they made sure to put it and, and make it the same size as you know a standard board game and yeah I think it sells better it sells better and i think that's what they were doing it's just yeah. like uh, yeah what i wouldn't we really would i really like that the rule book for splendor is really a rule pamphlet you know, where it's like just the two pages front to back. And if they made a smaller box, they would have had to shrink the rule book. And then it would have been like more like a book. And I wouldn't have liked that. So because <laughs> like the rule book takes up like most of the box, if not like the whole thing. Yeah. And then you said Power Grid, I think was, was another Yeah, Power Grid was another right one. Um, the paper money. I mean, we, yeah. we just, we pull out all the cubes from Terraforming Mars and use that as money now. Yeah. So yeah. one one of the things I got I got a gift card to Target for Christmas and one of one of the things that I've been looking at is just buying a set of poker chips mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and just using that for money for like anything that has paper money or anything that doesn't have right that's right somebody like suggested that on the Reddit post yeah. right where you like what's your yeah. favorite like yeah non board game component or whatever and so yeah I was just like you know that'd be really nice and then Target also sells the board games so <laughs> <laughs> which is why I haven't pulled that trigger yet right so you end up buying that stuff. And so I, I also think I'm ready in this five six range to go ahead and drop terraforming Mars. Okay. Um, I, you know, the theme for me, I, I just love the space exploration theme. Right. But the, ah, just the components just hurt. Yeah. And so with the new turmoil expansion, they had the dual layer player boards, which helps because I mean terraforming Mars, if you're playing that game and you stand up and bump the table, the game's over. Yes. So yeah, there is that. But yeah, that's rough. See, I would, if um, hmm, I go back and forth a lot on terraforming Mars because like. I you also have the broken token organizer. Just yes, that that's true. It? That's true. It, it does skew it. However, it has a stack of. Do you know how many cards are in that game? I have no idea. It's like uh, roughly close to three million, I believe. Three. <laughs> I think it's like I think it's in the like hundred and fifty, hundred and eighty cards or something like that. Each card has individual art. Each card has individual flavor text. Right. I respect that's, that a that's lot. That's fair. I just want to have a controversial opinion here. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to be angry. And you keep taking it from me. But, okay, no, I can definitely see Terraforming Mars up there. Yeah, so like, I think it's totally eight. fine to put it in, like, the 5, 6. I think, like, someone could make an argument to drag it to 7, something like that. It's, you know, either way, the point is, like, there's room for improvement, right? Because yeah. you're right that while the cards are really nice, they're not actually, like, a gameplay thing. And the gameplay of the player mat is almost devastating without, like, like you said, because you just have games that you're like, well, that was fun. Like, I have no idea who's winning right now, but like, I had fun, I guess. In five, ten years, they're going to come out with Terraforming Mars Deluxe version. I bet you anything. <laughs> it's going to be, it's going to be everything. It's going to be a box the size of like Age of Steam, which there we go, or Gloomhaven, which is like twenty two pounds. And yep, it's yeah. going to happen. It's going to happen. I mean, like, I cannot see them not doing that because they're going to make a lot of money from me. Yeah, just print. <laughs> I'll buy like six copies. Just printing money. Okay, so seven, eight, the uh, the fourth, four out of five tier on the components. We we talked about Eldritch Horror, yeah, um, a, a little bit earlier, but we've already used that in another slot that was in the five, six on the mechanics. Yeah, but yeah, we, I went ahead and just threw it in there. But yeah. so I think look, for the same reason that Eldritch Horror probably Dead of Winter could fall on seven, eight. I think the cross crossroads cards are 
they're awesome. Like they're so fun to play with. They're so immersive and they're, but they're, they're a theming thing, right? They're like an application of a component kind of thing. Um, it's also like, who doesn't love like a co-op game surviving a, a zombie apocalypse? Like that's fun. Um, all the characters are, they're interesting. Their art is unique. Um, their flavor is unique. Um, all the components stand up, right? The zombies stand up and everything. So I think in terms of like, it may not be perfect just because like the artwork can get a little like washed out, right? Where it kind of has the same tones of like grays and blues and browns and that sort of thing. Um, especially when you get out to like the locations where I think a lot of like the items had probably room for improvement there. But overall in terms of like, yeah, themes and components, that's where, that's why it lands that high for me. My, my, my other one that I was kind of thinking about would be Small World. Okay, yeah. Go throw it right here. I mean, the components, it's cardboard pieces. Right. But I, I, I do really like the way that, I mean, the coins are kind of cool. But then, like, the, mm -hmm. the map where it's it's a variable map depending on how many players you're That's playing true, with, yeah. which is pretty cool. And yeah. then the art is just fun. The art's fun, yeah. It comes with its own little organizer. So even though there's all these, like, tokens, like, it's still easy to use. If, if you don't know what Small World is, you get to pair up a race with an ability. And then yeah. all of those are randomized. And then... You, you get to bid on which ones you want to do. So it, it adds to these like crazy combinations of like, you know, the flying trolls and you're like, okay, that's hilarious. Yeah, right? that's true. Yeah. So yeah, I, I really like that. I, I always just have a lot of fun playing that game. That's <laughs> true. Yeah. Cause I think of like the fantasy genre is like played out a lot in terms of theming, like where that's a very simple, like someone has a great idea for like some mechanics for a game. And so they like slap a fantasy theme on it and now they have a board game kind of thing. But for what, and so for some, sometimes I, I count a fantasy theme a little bit against board games because I'm like, that's a little bit like generic or whatever. For whatever reason in Small World, it really works because like it almost has to be because of that pairing, you know, where it has to be like flying trolls or whatever. And you're like, okay, this is like, this is what I expect from a game that's this goofy. And, you know, I have... You know, I start building my old own like idea, and I start fleshing out this world of like, what would a fantasy like a Tolkien world yeah. look like if there, if the orcs were flying? And you're just like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. That that's crazy. Yep, I just know I don't want to be a human there. <laughs> it was not on my list of games to live in for sure. Yeah, and then you get the hilarious like the farmer humans, and you're like, okay, well that's fun. Yeah, great job, guys. Yeah, mounted <laughs> yeah, giants, it. and now yep. you're like, uh oh. Okay, so uh, the the nine ten, so your top tier components. I think we we had mentioned wingspan was was kind of in this realm. Oh yeah, so it's just beautiful individual art. The the art on wing in wingspan is fantastic. Yeah, I, it's, it's gorgeous. It, no it really it. is. We we were at Gen Con. We I got to meet the the artist, and she was sitting there selling the originals of every card that she had painted. And if only I had infinite money. Yeah, you right? Know. Yeah. And so I decorate I, my whole house with them. Yeah. <laughs> it's a new wallpaper. It's, it's a, yeah, exactly. So Wingspan is up there and it comes with this cool little dice tower, the wooden dice. I mean, yeah. Stonemeyer knows how to put out a game. That I for sure. I think that's Okay, so for for the 910 because we've already said Wingspan, let, let's try and brainstorm two other ones. It, we we often say that like role-playing games feel like cheating when it comes to like making lists like this but if you were going to place gloomhaven anywhere on the list it would be like on the 10 and components that i i have no argument for me here i yeah. mean gloomhaven has a fantastic story it has a it has the, the little minis it has Just, the little spinners for your like experience in your health i think the only part of the game that i get frustrated with like i would give it a nine and a half instead of a ten only because i don't like placing wound tokens on like the monsters like that gets kind of clunky yeah and so we use dice and then and then the game is fine you, yep. know, you just get a pack of like 30 mini dice and like you're off to the races i'm glad you brought a gloomhaven because that was not yep. even on my radar i was not even thinking about that i i was kind of going back to you know stonemeyer putting out amazing games and so i think scythe for me oh is okay the yeah the 910 this crazy theme you're in this po post-apocalyptic like dystopia yeah. universe where you have these farmers that are raising 
these giant mechs and going to war and uh, it's just yeah. it's hilarious plastic pieces wooden pieces that's true yeah it, it just it's, yeah you can it's paint very... them if you, if you like want to get into that like it has oh we could throw where would you put blood rage i think it's either in it might be in the seven eight but for the same reason where it's like you yeah. get this like plastic piece that is detailed and intricate and you could if you were into model painting you can you can paint those pieces and that starts to look really nice and then and then scythe if you ever if you were lucky enough to be one of the people who got the kickstarter you know you get the metal coins the realistic resources right. just everything just yeah. scythe is just a very well the board game. that can be like you know, half the board, or you can get a second one, and now you have a big board. <laughs> and I got the second one for Christmas. <laughs> I'm so excited. <laughs> Play Mega Scythe. <laughs> yes. The biggest of Scythe. Yep. Yeah. Yep. But, okay, so that kind of flushes that out. We'll we'll, uh, we'll throw this, because I'm sure not all of our listeners are, you know, as smart as Dalton and remember everything that we've said. <laughs> but we'll, we'll throw this uh, this chart out on the, the show notes on our website um, right. so you can check that out is there any thing that you know maybe it popped into your mind as we were walking through that you want to head back to or no nothing comes to mind oh i guess oh yes actually yes i take that back bosk we've been playing a lot of bosk recently had a boy for like eight. You, you do good stuff so bosk is just a really simple easy to play area control game where you're basically placing trees and then like leaves and getting points for it it's like super easy to set up and plays in like 20 minutes um, and this is a game where I think they did a really good job of trying to stay simple in all of their all of these three categories, which is why I wanted to bring it up. Where it, like it has fairly simple mechanics, it has a fairly predictable experience, and it has like each component. It's like okay, thought was put into this, and it was done well. You know, it just wasn't like it's not like stunning in any one category. And so like every time we were talking through, um, and we got to like the like seven eight category i was like does bosk fit here and it's like yeah maybe but i might also want to use it you know when we talk about experience or whatever i found i never used it but that was one that i kind of wanted to bring up for that reason yeah that's a good point uh kind of post question what what's your nine ten on mechanics but your one two on experience game because i feel like that's, and this is that's, not a fair question that's I don't not think a fair I question an answer. Oh. you don't have an answer <laughs> <laughs> it's a it's a really tricky question because because the two are so like closely linked often i think i wouldn't quite give this game a 9 10 and a 1 2 but in terms of answering the spirit of the question it'd probably be axis and allies where okay yeah um i i love co-op competitive games i think that the i, I love the uh the system the combat system which trial and imperium also uses where okay it's it's predictable and the units that i have in the fight matter but it's not actually like totally totally predictable like there is uh, some element of randomness to it um, but you're right, like it, it can be an hour between each of your turns and it's like the experience of this can just be really painful sometimes. Okay. No, yeah, yeah. I, that's probably I, the biggest disparity anyway that I yeah, know. That, that's a better way to put that. Okay, so uh, we've, we've flushed out our, our matrix. We'll publish that on the show notes. Um, I'll be it, really surprised if, you know, uh, if a gamer can get through this podcast and we didn't piss them off at some point. Oh, yeah, know? 100%. <laughs> yeah. Because um, I know a study in Emerald being low, like you said, that's going to that's gonna piss some piss some people off i know a lot of people who don't like eldritch horror and so like having it rated as highly as we did might make some people angry so we'll and see there are some diehard monopoly guys out there man i don't want to talk tools. to them it's fine I, <laughs> I, I i've accepted that it's part of my life I just... <laughs> yeah maybe they're not within the listening base anyway so i hope not actually uh i'm just kidding if you are one of the monopoly players please continue listening continue um, to listen but not if you have it in seven eight or nine ten yeah yeah that, that's our line um <laughs> That's what I'm willing to tolerate. 
so again thank you guys for for uh listening to the the mech system go online uh what what are your ratings uh reach out to us we're on twitter we're at and some flights we are on instagram for fantasy and some flights we're doing putting out a lot of cool pictures and then also we we have our uh website fantasy so go out there reach out to us we're pretty accessible i hope if there's another way that you think we could be better accessible let us know and then also just where would you what what are some of the areas that you disagree with us on uh are, are there you know does photosynthesis deserve you know a 10 on the experience and you yeah. know that's a personal thing but we love to hear about it and then tell you that you're wrong yeah exactly we are <laughs> correct this is law now uh, <laughs> so with that we'll sign off and cheers cheers <laughs>